hi to everybody and their neighbors. It's time once again for Gear and Gigs with your host, Jet Stone. So glad you guys stopped by. And uh, another person I'm glad to stop by is our co-host today, the famous traveling musician slash gear expert slash all-around great human being, Trey Hawkins. Trey, welcome. Thanks. As is usual today, we're going to start off with uh, a fine choice of wine today, the Gentleman's Collection, Red Blend Number 2, Forgo Frills, of course, the motto of the fine Gentleman's Collection. Let's take a look at this, see how this sounds. Oh yeah, that sounds like it's going to be good. All right, Trey, so let's talk uh, news. What do you got for news? We got some news to talk about, don't we? Yes. Uh, so I, I fell down the pedal rabbit hole this week. Uh, started with an email I got from Hologram Effects. Uh, if you haven't heard of them, you should check them out. Uh, really, really cool stuff. Uh, but I was particularly intrigued by a YouTube video that I found of Knobs doing a demo of their Infinite Jets. Uh, which is a synthesizer, sequencer kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I, I didn't even go into the super details of the specs because I, I was so captivated by... And this is a guitar pedal you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, it's a guitar pedal. Uh, How big a pedal are we talking about? It's It's got a big footprint. Um, you know, honestly, it was one of those things that I was watching him fool with and going, that'd be really cool to just have on my desk at home and just mess with. Like, you know, it's probably, you know, smaller than a bread box. Um, wow, a bread box. A bread box. <laughs> There's yeah. a very relevant measurement. Wow, I'm really showing your age right now. I don't know how big that is, but I'll ask the milkman when he comes tomorrow. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's it's big. It, you know, if there's a, a pedal board, a standard size pedal board, it's probably going to be the biggest pedal on there. Uh, uh, okay, so it's a commitment to real estate. Yes, it is definitely a commitment to real estate. But it's the kind of sounds that you would be basing your song formatting too i feel like it's a it, it felt more like a songwriting tool than an effect to me i see so you you come up with the sound you write the song for the sound and then right i see i gotcha um so that's so what i imagine that you know keyboard people and smarter people than i am write music but but anyway so it, you know big pedal lots of cool stuff uh really inspiring sounds and i just it was the first time in a long time i'd gone man i want that uh, because I've had a Kemper for about four years and haven't bought more than two pedals in those four years. Uh, and they were just a couple of times when I felt like I needed to appease the pedal gods and right, do this something. Is something that clearly wouldn't be in a Kemper or any no, other no, no, multi-effect no. device. This is totally something. And honestly, I would probably uh, either use it in you know conjunction with the Kemper or just not you know use it into a recording software or something by itself you know, to get all these weird sounds and just, it felt like more, more of a musical tool as opposed to just another guitar pedal. All right. Well, that sounds like it's worthy of a, of a, its own show perhaps. Yes. But uh, interesting news. People check that out. And once again, it's called the infinite jets. Yes. Resynthesizer. Yes. Which, you know, I think, um, just real quick, I think the way it works is with sampling. Okay. I think it samples, um, two different things. And then it allows you to do infinite sustain on them and then modulate or combine or manipulate from there. So it's based around samples. Right. Of, but two of them kind sure. of as oscillators that it starts as, with its resynthesis. So that's interesting, I think, as a concept. But yeah, let's talk about that more down the road. I, I, the one piece of news that I thought was interesting today for me uh, was that I checked out a German guitar. I've been into this whole uh, 
European guitar kick, you know, because I did American guitars for so long, and we've all done Japanese and Indonesian and Mexican and all those countries, and I've kind of been on this European guitar kick. So I've done guitars now from Italy and Portugal and uh, uh, the Netherlands, of course. Uh, and then, so lately I've been into this German guitar company called Tausch, T-A-U-S-C-H. Um, fabulous instruments, really well made, very unique. They do different scale lengths and different construction techniques than you typically see, but one of the more interesting things that I saw on one today, it's a model 635, I think, um, is it has a Strat-like tremolo, if you, uh, you know, just traditional-looking tremolo. Turn it over, and the sustain block on the trem is actually made of wood. Which interesting. I, yeah, I, I assume it's a heavy wood. It looks it doesn't look like it's you know balsa wood or anything. Right, right. It's, it looks like it's a dark, heavy wood. But just the idea of using it for that, you know, I don't know how much it affects the tone or if it does, but it's certainly an interesting concept and one I've never seen before. So it makes me want to, you know, dig deeper and find out more. Another rabbit hole yet to chase down, but um, another company worth checking out and, and looking online to, to see what you can find about them. And, and once again, they may pop up in another episode. Which And, and that was the, the other thing you said that was neat about that one was it, um, it it's pear wood body? Uh, that particular one is, it's a hollow, uh, semi-hollow, I guess, because there's a center block, but uh, pear wood, yeah, they use a lot of the fruit wood trees. I guess they're very hardwood. You'd think it would be a softer wood. Right. It's actually very hardwood. They use that a lot in Europe. Um, the uh, Tausch that I currently have has a plumwood fretboard, hmm. which to look at it looks like a dark rosewood. You wouldn't think too much of it, or a light ebony, you know, right. you wouldn't think too much of it. But it's very consistent in the grain, and... Um, I'll tell you, it's supple. It's a nice wood. the The back of the guitar is walnut. the The one that I have, the six three or six five nine, sorry, and uh, six six five. I said six three five. It was six six five is the one with the wood block, gotcha. and the six five nine is the one that I've got. And that one's got a walnut back, which you know I know walnut's been used like in Rickenbackers and that kind of thing over the years, and other people, Gibsons have used walnut. Not a wood I think of, and in my mind I think of it as being. I guess heavy and dark because walnuts seem like heavy, dark yeah. nuts, you know, compared to other nuts, which I guess that's stupid, but it, it's really not particularly heavy wood. In fact, it's mm. kind of a lighter wood and it is a very hard wood, but, um, I, I kind of like the feel of it, which I didn't expect. You know, I've got some bare rosewood neck PRSs and that kind of stuff and they feel nice, mm. but somehow the, the walnut, man, it's got a certain, I don't know, wal walnuttiness. <laughs> it's, it's nutty. Yeah, I'll tell you. So anyway, Tausch guitars, check those out, and Infinite Jets resynthesizer, check that out. Well, um, today was also another big announcement in the music world. At least it, it might be, depending on your outlook. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today: is your outlook on this particular topic. Um, Trey got excited about it first, and he told me a little bit about it. And I've done some research on it enough to to be dangerous. So let's be dangerous with this. And it's the uh, Strymon Iridium. Yes. Tell us more. So, uh, Strymon Iridium is essentially a... It's uh, just an excuse for me to drink some wine, by the way. Right, no, of course. Like, here, let me do the hard work. You just you just sit there. Thank you. You know what? Have a drink on Thanks. me. Thanks. No, please. Uh, so, the Iridium uh, was one of those pedals that, you know, we'd been looking forward to. I work at the Guitar Sanctuary, uh, and so we get... I'm sorry, know, shameless plug alert. Shameless plug. Absolutely. It's also secretly where I get all of my information. I secretly gain information from the job that I work at publicly and on the internet. You think they would just like let you have the information? You would think That's that, odd. but wow. if uh, you know. That's the sanctuary part. 
That is the sanctuary part. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know the code word to get in. Right. Uh, Guitar Sanctuary is a uh, boutique shop where we carry the the high-end custom small builder boutique shops, boutique pedals, boutique guitars. Um, And uh, The word of the day is boutique. Boutique. Brought to you by the boutique. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, so we, you know, a lot of the, the Strymon, the, the smaller pedal builders, although they're not small anymore, they're just the industry standard for pedals. That's, you know, that's fine. Other than boss. I Other than boss. Yes. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever going to really dethrone boss, but well, it's in the name. They are the boss. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Strymon, the Strymon timeline is the delay pedal of just about everyone that I've talked to. Um, you know, if you can only have one, it's like, oh, well, I got to get a timeline. Um, you know, same thing with the, the big sky and the blue sky for reverbs. Well, but I would definitely agree for the big sky, blue sky, you know, whichever one you can fit slash afford. I would agree that that's kind of the de facto standard. Timeline, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it, it can it holds all other delays in it. Because well, uh, the LCAP is my favorite, yeah. but the LCAP stands already in the timeline. No, I can see what you, I can see what you say. Okay. Uh, and I feel like it gives you the most options and things. But but anyway, that's those. That's being, another. Being obviously, the, yes, that's, that's another. A, that's discussion. a whole other delays and reverbs. Yeah. Is you know. Because I'm going to challenge. Let's set that aside. I'm going to challenge the the timeline as the de facto standard. But but we won't go further. Go on. And today, so go on. So, uh, but what the, the cool thing I want to talk about that we got in, uh, today was the release date for the Strymon Iridium and it was one of the coolest pedals I have played in a while, not because it did crazy things or, you know, was super groundbreaking in its concept or it's the problem that it solved, but, you know, as a, as a preamp and IR impulse response pedal. Which is what it is. It's a. It's essentially an amp in a box. Right. An amp, an amp slash a combo amp and a microphone. Right. Um, so to have that as a self-contained thing, I've played a lot of these over the years, and I've just never been impressed. As someone who's a Kemper user and, and loves to run my signal direct into the board, I've been very picky about how my amp replacements or... Uh, and when you say never been impressed, you mean with a pedal? With a yes, with a pedal. Right. That so I like, you like the Kemper, you think? Right. That's no, I love the Kemper, uh, but most pedals or most things, like even some of the Line Six stuff over the years, I haven't been super impressed by. Uh, I was always very astonished. There goes his Line Six endorsement. Well. <laughs> so, sorry. Hey, we should say we're not sponsored by anybody at this point. Yeah. And uh, you know, all all the opinions expressed are purely our own. And I and I you know wanted to. Uh, and whatever he says is not necessarily what I said. Want to declare a uh, public uh, apology to my friend Tony, who uh, has worked very hard for Line Six and who I admire very much. Uh, I was on the Line Six advisory board long ago, so you know I can't say anything right now about that. But okay. I think the Line Six people are fine people, and I think what they've done is pretty impressive. And the Helix certainly. I was about to say, and and on, honestly, the uh, the Helix, the HX Stomp, was going to be kind of an honorable mention of this whole discussion. So we'll we'll swing back around right. to that. Hey, but my regardless. filter modular modular, I use that that uh, filter modeler thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I use that all the time. Anyway, moving but on. Anyway, so so um, iridium. So, 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 iridium. It's a, so it's a it's a box of box. It's a small pedal, Strymon size pedal, I guess yeah, you'd call it's it. Yeah, size of an El Capistan or a or a. Uh, Blue sky. Right. With three amp choices, a fender of, uh, excuse me, not actually a fender, although I guess they say it's based upon a fender, but based upon a deluxe. Wink, wink. We all know. Right. It's a, it's a fender deluxe. They've got an AC 30 Mm -hmm. and a Marshall essentially. 
uh, cabinets, you get three choices per each right. IRs, but you can load in your own. Mm-hmm. And um, pretty simple to operate box. One favorite preset you can have, yep. and then one live. So technically, you can have two sounds at any given. Right. And, and uh, if you are running things with the multi-switch or MIDI, you have access to significantly more presets. Oh, like 300 or something, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, crazy amount, the, an amount that no human being will ever use. So play the Iridium, plug it in for the first time. Uh, very simple signal path, just a uh, Sir JM Pro with SSV humbuckers straight into the Iridium. Uh, eventually, I added a... Uh, Mon- even- monitoring through... Monitoring through headphones. Oh, did you say that? I'm sorry. <coughs> no, I did not. Oh, okay. Then uh, why didn't you say that, man? I was getting there. But uh, at one point wait, we added Wait, headphones a, plugged directly into the Iridium? To, into the Iridium. Now, that's yes. an important point. Yes. And and no delays, no reverbs. I had... I, if you would let me I'm finish. so sorry. I'm all excited. I'm so sorry. So, when the sound comes out of the headphones, uh, before... We played it first. We just played it Who's just we? the unit. Myself and my friend Brian O'Million that works at the store with me. Again, right. shameless plug. Million right. Audio. Right. Check out his pedal boards. Great human being. Great pedal board builder. And anyway, they don't cost O'Million. They do not cost O'Million. <laughs> and he would approve this joke. If I had a nickel for every time he made this joke, I would have many nickels. Oh. Uh, but so he and I were going back and forth trying it. And uh, we eventually added the Eventide H9. Uh, with the Ooh, um, nice choice, yes, uh, with the black hole reverb, and uh, put the uh, Origin Effects Revival Drive custom in front of it. Uh, oh, to, another to, good to choice. It. And that combination was every. You could take those three pedals and some form of mini switching, MIDI switching, and that would be all you would need for almost any gig. Uh, the pedal, the Iridium, was incredibly surprising and how real it felt and how much it filled the space even in the headphones it has the room knob right right so it has a room knob that when it's all the way off or to all the way to the left it feels like you're in an isolation cabinet and then as you increase it you can kind of find a sweet spot where it feels like the amp is physically in the room with you and i was on headphones in the middle of the shop playing and i kept forgetting that everybody else around me couldn't hear the amp that was playing uh, it just it felt real. It didn't feel like a simulated effect uh, based on the way it responded to my playing, the dynamic response. See, that's an important point. When when the simulation <laughs> crosses the point of let's call it suspension of disbelief right. for the actual user. I mean, it's one thing to do it for the listener, and that's you know that's a different point for everybody. But it's right. not particularly hard to get to nowadays. Right. But for the actual player. At that moment, with the only monitoring being headphones, to forget you're wearing headphones and that that's where the sound is coming from is one thing. But but to believe that in that situation, you would have also had to believe you were playing an amplifier. Right. And that's the part that gets me. That's like, okay, that's a level of disbelief beyond. Right. Now, honestly, now I know you're excited about this pedal, but think about this for just a minute. It sounds to me like the room knob and that technology that's going, I don't know if it's an early reflection or if it's a you know, cascading ambience, who knows what it is, but is the room thing, if you took that out, hmm. 
talk about the pedal without that for just a second because that sounds like an, a thing that would enhance anybody's direct listening experience. So let's try to separate that out because that's right. an important thing, but we can do that with uh, something along sure. those lines with other things. So let's talk about the tone for a minute. So you have the the three amp settings. Uh, the favorite one that I, I ended up landing on was the Chime amp, the AC30 style uh, amp with the 212 cabinet uh, impulse response. And it just, I was playing, you know, like I said, with those humbuckers, and then eventually we switched to a Strat with the single coils, and it felt like I would want it to, and sounded like I would have wanted that amp to sound. Right, so it's like hit the button, start recording, or, or you know, start the band up, and we're good to go. Yeah, like I didn't fool with any of the EQ knobs. It was all in the guitar, the gain stage knob, uh, and the level knob as to how it felt, um, and, and being ready to to go through and that's why I got the idea I was like oh man if this sounds this great as it is now let me put the revival drive in front of it and of course the revival drive made everything feel even more authentic and real now while I approve of the revival drive and I, I have one I love them and you know I like the compressor too um, it's almost an amp in a box essentially right so, so it felt like adding two more channels yeah, to the amplifier yeah once again you wonder how much to credit the impulse response versus the tone of the amp i mean obviously right. it has to be both working well i've, I've heard this thing it's it is incredible good sounding it, it's not um it doesn't sound cheap it doesn't no. sound fake it uh i don't know if it's the the best example of those three amps that i've ever heard but it's certainly no. in the 80 80th percentile I which mean, it sounds and, fine. And, and to their credit they weren't trying to have it be exactly like they just went okay these are three things that if we can get in the ballpark of that's what a lot of players want there's a lot of room for tailoring though i mean it's like you said with the with the uh with something on the front end or an eq or anything you can really do a lot but that being said i've heard the raw sound by itself it sounds legit the way it is you could just take that you could take the iridium by itself and go do a gig right i mean if you don't rely on any effects and delay is not a big to do you could do it because right. any room you go play in already has reverb because it's the room so that would be enough now think about that that's which is crazy that it's a Strymon small pedal footprint, and that could be all you need. That in the in the uh, the front pouch of your guitar bag, uh, and your cable. I mean that's which opens the possibilities of things like hey, okay, so we get that, and we get a delay and a reverb. Maybe let's say the Strymon. So we we make a nice little pedal board that's got all that. Maybe a little boost on the front end or a chorus, you know. So now you got six seven pedals. Put it on one board, and it's literally everything. Maybe you get a class D amp on the end, right. and now you're done. That's all you have. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. Now, you, if you need a backup, just grab another Strymon, right? Right. Or grab a, anything, right? you know, to get you through the gig if you had a problem. But that's a pretty easy fly rig. That's a pretty easy gig. And it, as long as your monitoring system's up to it, it's right. going to sound great. But you are putting an incredible <laughs> amount of dependence on your monitoring system at that point. And that's, as we talk about this topic, it, it begs the question, what about Kempers? What about Axe Effects? What about all those things that are currently used by right. so many bands that, that do this anyway? And what's the big advantage of this? Well, first of all, it's like, what, 400 bucks as yeah. opposed to 2,400 bucks or something, whatever it would be for a comparable rig of the other stuff. Which, and I think it should be mentioned, too, that a lot of the other alternatives to this will have all have their effects and have presets. the ability to, to do presets and things uh, outside of the just one favorite switch. Uh, Which I, this one will if you have MIDI, to be fair. And this one you can use a librarian with, right? Online? Right. You can, I mean, uh, not online, on the, the computer. USB? Yeah, it uses yes. USB MIDI, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's 
stereo too. It's a stereo pedal right. in and out. Yep. So the the uh, T- TRS though. The yes, the, the TRS. Um, so the big thing you know that I that I saw before they came out because obviously you know like I said I have a Kemper I've not really been looking and for. I have a Kemper too. Yeah. And an Axe Effects. And, and I've even gone all the way back to Hughes and Kettner Accesses, uh, for those of you who remember those, Rack Mount 2 preamp that had their, um, uh, what, what's the red box? Yeah. Circuitry built into it. So it was, a, it was a complete, essentially a complete thing as well. Big two rack space, you know, right. unit. Heavy, expensive, 2500 bucks or whatever. It yeah. Was. But it's, I mean, so I've not been looking for something like what this does. Right. Um, so for me to then go, oh my god! See, I haven't been either because I've been pretty happy with the whole idea of the Kemper. And I saw this thing and went, why is this appeal to me? Well, I, I, I think I know. If you don't mm-hmm. mind me interrupting, no, go ahead. One of the reasons is that they've touched on. I don't want to say for everybody certainly, but I think by and large, for a huge percentage of the population, we all feel like those are the amps. Right. A deluxe of an AC30 for that in-between thing, you know. That's the Gretsch of, of amps, right? <laughs> it's that in-between thing. And then and then the Marshall. The, we all feel like, well, you know, the, the we've bookended it with the Eric Johnson. Right. <laughs> and then we've we've thrown the, the Vox in, we've thrown the Beatles in the middle. What can't you cover? If you can't cover with that, well, you know, certainly that runs the gamut of 80% of of rock and roll and jazz and everything else. I mean, it's all can be found pretty quickly in there. So mm-hmm. that's nice that they picked up three big ones. And the cabinets, they picked the 212s, the 412s, the 812 for the Marshall. What a cool choice. The vintage mm-hmm. Pete Townsend, that's a nice choice. Um, it seems like they made the right choices. We've learned to trust Strymon by now yeah. to have good taste and good tone. And while they're no more known for their spatial effects, they do have some really good distortions of things. But I think it was the idea they captured... It's kind of like they whittled down all these Axefexes and Kempers and Helixes. We should bring the Helix up. Yes. To it, it, If you just had to distill it down to one tiny little pedal-sized thing without any of the extras, just the amp part, boom, there it is. Right. Simple, easy to operate, quick, fast. The only thing I wish they'd done is add... Give me three damn presets. Obviously, give me three. I mean, it's so obvious. Give me three buttons on the front. Which but, I, I mean, it, you know, if you're looking at their enclosures, I, I think I understand why. I mean, it's the the small footprint. I get that. And they, I have one of those faves things. I can yeah. add the little faves uh, button. The, the, you know, the but, mini switch that has the three buttons. And I see. It. I've got like a personal interest because yeah. I'm trying to come up with a live rig to take Tone Castle out on the road, and so I've been thinking, oh, well, I'll take the Kemper or I'll take the X Effects, and now right. all of a sudden there's Iridium. I'm like, oh. Well, well it, normally I would dismiss it and go, well, that's not professional enough to be just taking a pedal, but it's Strymon, right? And it sounds pretty dang good. I don't. I think with that and a big sky, you wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't know. Well, I think the average, you, the average. Uh, the you know, average, I think, I think I wouldn't know. The yeah, the the average crowd, and even like you said, some of the I've been fooled before in a uh, in a live environment where I would have sworn it was an amp, and it ends up being, you know, a helix running through a, a two preamp or two power f- amp. I got fooled by some dude with a laptop, man. <laughs> I'm like, no, what's next? Some dude with his phone. It's already. I mean, it's already there. I'm yeah, sure somebody could fool me with their phone. Yeah, Billy um, Gibbons will just walk out. He'll be just like waving his phone, and that's his amp. Yeah, that's which is. I mean, I think that that a lot of the resistance to that by the guitar and musician community uh, is just that it's not cool. 
Yeah, it's not cool. It doesn't it's have not. The thing. It's not powerful. It doesn't have that. Like when you're, you know, twelve years old and you're in your room and you hit that power chord on a Green Day song the first time. That feeling you get, it's it, it's hard to get from a phone. Now, I think that people younger necessarily than you or I may not see it that way. If they had that room knob, though, man. Right. If they had the room knob, it'd feel big. <laughs> what they need to do is sell the room knob as a separate pedal. Yeah. The room pedal. Yes. That Actually, be, that's a great idea. It we is. should really do that. Well, and 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 I to, expect a, a small kickback or or a free room pedal if that works out for you, Strymon. To the uh, to the credit of of doing things like that, um, you know, the Universal Audio Oxbox, their their impulse response technology and the room feel and everything that you can create. I mean, it's not a single knob, but it's you know, you're controlling the way the room feels in which the amplifier cabinet is, you know, quote unquote in. Uh, for the direct signal. Well, and you know, Kemper has the uh, what do they call it? Space. Space and pure cab. Space and pure cab. Thank you. That's the ones, which is a sort of a similar. But the room thing is much more strong. It's it's no, it's hundred percent. It really is almost like an early reflection room reverb, but not not like you hear my voice. Hey, yeah, it's you know, not it's, not, it's not a reverb knob. It's a space knob. You're you're choosing yeah. how much space is around the amplifier. To give you that feeling of of that you're in the you're in the room with the amplifier, as opposed to like an isolation cabinet. It's or, a damping room damping reversal knob. Yes, you know, because with it totally off, it just it sounds fine. It just sounds like a very direct amp. You're getting the direct signal right. on there, and you put a reverb on that, and you'd be fine. But putting a reverb on that would be different than the room because the yes. room is it's kind of like. Um, it wraps around the sound, mm-hmm. uh, not not like a surround sound. I don't want to say that, but it's like um, mm. it's like you. St- it's literally you start when the when the knob is all the way down. You start with the amp right in front of you in a box, and as you turn the room knob, the box opens and just folds away, and then the amp is just in the room with you, and you're not thinking about wow, I'm playing this amp through my headphones anymore. It's just I'm playing guitar again. And where you set it depends on what size visually room you're in. Yep. To where it feels right, to where it locks psychoacoustically with, with it to feel correct all of a sudden. Which, and I, I have no idea if that's how they intended it to be, but whether it was an accident or intentional, that was just brilliant and really, really cool. Well, it is the missing component, right? I mean, it is the thing that, that you lack when you go to headphones or anything direct. And it's nice that they didn't just come up with something, but they came up with something that's pretty unique on its own and... Anyway, it makes the pedal far more usable for that sort of stuff. Right. So we're excited about it from that aspect, from the size aspect. I mean, now when you compare it, to be fair, when you compare it to something like a Helix or a Kemper or the Kemper Stage Board or, or the Axe Effects or blah, 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 all these various things, a pod, for God's sakes, all these things, you do have to add effects. If you want any capability beyond the, your amp, you have to add effects. Well, it's it's segmenting out because it used to be you know the argument of analog tube versus you know, solid state modeling. Now, is this analog or digital? It's digital. It, right? It's digital. Yeah. Is the now I know the IR part the is digital. Is the other side digital? Ooh, I believe so. We've stumped. We've stumped the panel. Uh, While Trey talks, I will look that up. So, regardless, you know, it used to be the tube amp and analog versus digital, but now I, I feel like we can kind of split that digital in half too now between things that are more traditionally voiced and more traditionally controlled versus, you know, a, you know, like the Iridium or, um, you know, the Revival Drive, things like that, 
that are designed to go direct in or be, you know, essentially the preamp of an amplifier in a pedal format uh, versus things like the Kemper and the Helix where it's all, you know, one unit where you have everything and you've got all these different controls and you're, you're essentially using and manipulating the completed sound before it goes to the board versus the Iridium or something where for, you know, a, a sound guy, he's probably going to be more comfortable with, well, I mean, a good sound guy is going to be comfortable no matter what, but the average sound guy might be more comfortable, I would think, with a direct signal from an Iridium because it's going to feel more like a mic'd amplifier as opposed to a completely polished sound where all they really have to do is turn the volume up because you've done all the EQing and done all of that. But the cool thing about the Iridium is it is a little more traditionally controlled and voiced, and you can add other pedals to it to kind of build your amplifier yourself based on that Strymon pedal as the core, uh, or those three Strymon amplifiers as the core, and basically get you know everything you need and nothing you don't. And you'll probably spend a, the same amount that you would on a small pedal board like that where you've essentially built your sound versus something like a Kemper or an Axfex or a Helix where you're spending the same amount of money on a whole bunch of things all in one but it's, it's just kind of that trade-off of, well, do I want it to feel like I'm not betraying the, the tube amp coalition with my direct signal pedals, or do I want to just dive headfirst into, this is everything that I've got, this is everything I need, and I don't really need to buy anything else other than a uh, Infinite Jets resynthesizer. <laughs> okay, so here's a philosophical question then based around that um well, first, I should give you an answer, by the way, to the digital question. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it is digital. It, they've modeled all of the circuitry of those individual amplifiers, and then they've hot-rodded them and given you capabilities beyond the originals. Right. So here's the philosophical question. So you go out with an Iridium. Right. And I go out with an Iridium. Right. And I don't even have to say the rest of the philosophical question, do I? And there's the problem. Now, you go out with a Kemper, and I go out with a Kemper. Not even doesn't even beg the same question. For those of you that haven't followed along with my irrefutable logic <laughs> and the pointed looks that I'm giving him with my eyebrows, um, which is a whole other podcast, uh, you know, he's going out with that Fender and I'm going out with that same exact Fender sound. Now, yeah, maybe I add an EQ and he doesn't, or maybe I add a different IR that he doesn't, but it's the same amp. So do I care? You know, it's it's the, do, should Eric Johnson care which Marshall he has? Do you care if you own Eric Johnson's Marshall or any of Marshall? Well, you want Eric Johnson's. Why? Because he picked it. Why? Because it's special. Why? Because Marshall, all Marshalls are slightly different. Why? Because they just are. Well, pedals aren't different. Right. So your Iridium will be my Iridium, and your pedal will be exactly the same as mine, so your Fender will be exactly the same as mine. And if we happen to choose the same settings on our Iridium and both record or both go out live, then we're both playing the exact same thing. I what? Mean, dear God, if we were both playing a Line 6 Variac styled up to the same Les Paul sound, we'd literally be playing the exact same tone. You see what I'm saying? If, if individuality is a thing that, as a society, we want to continue to... This is getting much bigger. Sure. We want to continue to evangelize or, or, or stand behind as a concept, then we need to think about that. If it's something we are willing to abandon and we say good tone is good tone and it doesn't matter if you've got it too, well, that's okay then, I guess. But 
I think we need to decide artistically, is that okay? Because it's not just you're going out with the iridium and I'm going out with the iridium, <laughs> you know, it would be okay if just the two of us were, cause you know, that's all right. But it's those other 10,000 dudes that are going to have it this week that are right. all going to be out playing live with that sound in the audience. It can be argued won't care. I, even the guy I, in the I tend to lead towards the I don't think the average person's going to care. Okay, so what do you care as a musician whether or not you're playing a unique sound or not? Ooh. I'm sorry. Question alert. Lights are flashing in the room. There's sirens going off. It's just, well, it's too much for now. Let's come back next episode of Gear and Gigs and see what Trey had to say to my loaded question. Until next time, I'm Jed Stone for Trey Hawkins and Gear and Gigs. Talk to you later.